Heads up, friends. The unofficial Shopify podcast is made by indie entrepreneurs for indie entrepreneurs and may contain material not suitable for all audiences, like swearing or economics. Listener discretion is advised. All these Shopify stores look the same, and so does mine. Look, I've heard that one before. A lot of merchants struggle with restrictive themes that stifle your creativity and your vision and limit that unique brand experience that everybody wants to offer their customers. You want to stand out. Standing out is key. You don't want to lose potential customers because your store looks and feels just like everything else out there. That's a nightmare for any marketer. Enter Flex from Out of the Sandbox. That's the Shopify theme that breaks the mold. It's designed specifically for creative control. That gives you differentiation. With a proven track record of over a decade of experience in e-com design, Out of the Sandbox has so many successful Shopify themes under their belt. They're trusted by tens of thousands of Shopify entrepreneurs. And their Flex theme is compatible with Online Store 2.0. It's compatible with their Theme Updater Plus app and Vault Backups. It's regularly updated with premium features. That saves you money and time. And with Flex, you get multiple layout options. You can easily add custom CSS to it. You get 13 unique style variants. It is built for rapid deployment in a truly unique way. As the marketplace gets more competitive, can you afford to wait? It's time to stand out with Flex, so why not try Flex? They've got a 14-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you don't love it, you'll get your money back. Stand out for the crowd with Flex. Head to outofthesandbox.com to learn more, see the demo, and license your own copy today. That's outofthesandbox.com. Welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast, your go-to show for all things e-commerce. We're going to dive into the best strategies and insider tips to make your online store thrive. Oh, wait, that's every episode. Today is no different. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. Check nasty. And today we are joined by none other than Byron Myers, a recognized entrepreneur of the year in one of Inc. Magazine's 30 under 30 coolest entrepreneurs in America. I had, I wasn't sure if, that guy, if he was messing with me and I Googled that as a real thing. Uh, not only did he co-found a medtech firm, Inagen, while in college and grow it to over $360 million in annual revenue, he also runs a successful Shopify store, Glimmerwish, that's now at a million-dollar run rate. And so today, Byron is going to share his journey, his experiences, and most importantly, he's going to dive into profit optimization with us. That has become his, his passion and specialty. So if you've ever wondered how to make more revenue, this episode is going to be a must-listen. Thank you for joining us, Byron. We're excited to learn from you and uh, some of these profit optimization strategies. Thanks for having me, Kurt. You know, I, I've actually been listening to the podcast for a couple of years now. I think you're doing a great job. You're helping a lot of people. So it's an honor to be on the pod today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so, all right, I'm going to open with a tough question. I don't know if you're ready for this. Unicorns, unicorns or mermaids and why? <laughs> yeah, great, great question. Um, so Glimmerwish is all about unicorn and mermaid hair care. You know, I admit that's a big departure from med tech and medical devices, my first venture. But uh, this is a family affair. My daughter is the founder of Glimmerwish, and she's all about unicorns and mermaids. So that's how we got here. 
clearly, it seems like your daughter was the inspiration for this, but what inspired you to start Glimmer Wish? It's hair care. It seems targeted younger. Um, tell me about it. Yeah, no, I, yeah. The story is, you know, my my daughter, uh, she was 10 at the time. Now she's 14. You know, she always wanted these fun hair care products in the store, right? Um, but my wife wouldn't let her get those fun hair care products because they had toxic chemicals in them. And so it was her idea, you know, let's make something, you know, fun that kids want and that moms will like too. So I'll have clean ingredients, no toxic chemicals, um, but it won't be the boring clean products, right? That kids don't want. It'll be something fun like unicorns and mermaids. So we set out to do that, um, you know, partly for her entrepreneurship education and partly because we saw there's a real need here. No one is doing this. So we custom molded bottles into mermaids and unicorns with clean formulas and we launched last August. And how's it been going? That's not, you know, that's uh, about a year now. Yeah, it's been going great. You know, as, as I think every e-commerce store does, we've, we've definitely had some ups and downs, but uh, we're at a million dollar run rate now. Um, we have a lot of cool and exciting things, you know, in front of us. So it's been going great. People are so unwilling to share the, the downs. You said we've had our ups and downs. What it, what's one of the, the negative experiences that happened where you went like, yeah, maybe we should pack it in. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, like most brands, you know, we had sort of our run in with the meta data inaccuracies in platform. Um, we were seeing a 3.5 ROAS in meta, um, but using Northbeam, our attribution system, we were seeing a 1.7 ROAS. And 2.5 is our break even. So that was a big awakening moment. That's a problem. We were unprofitable. And uh, so we really had to dig in and get serious about creative optimization, right? Scientifically test creative to know what is truly working and what isn't instead of just throwing a bunch of creative at the wall. Um, We've been able to solve that a bit on, on my own. We've been able to get back up to 2.9, but I think there's a lot more opportunity in front of us. We're working with a new agency now, just started working with them. And I think, you know, it's all about creative testing and uh, I think they can get us to a, a whole new level here in the future. It sounds like you've got some experience with like, this is creative that is middling. It works, but it's not strong enough to be profitable on new customer acquisition, which you certainly you don't want to be losing money making sales, right? But at the same time, you have a consumable good. So maybe, you know, the thinking was always, at least when interest rates were low, were, well, we'll make it back up, you know, on the second, third, fourth, fifth sale. Did you find that was the case? Or were you thinking more, hey, let's just not mess with this? And then, you know, ultimately what, uh, before I ADD'd on that question, what what's the creative that works? Yeah, so... To the first question, it I always want to be at least break even on the first sale, even for a consumable good. I mean, I'm not really the type of person to say, you know, we'll we'll break even on the fifth sale. Um, at some point, you know, I think brands can get there with sufficient data where you have a high confidence interval where you know exactly what's going to happen 
we're not there yet. When you know we first launched last August, we were just doing you know one-time purchases. A big learning we found was that you know kids aren't taking showers and baths every day. So <laughs> you know these products are lasting longer than we thought before we're getting repurchases. So until we truly understand lifetime value, I really want to at least break even on that first sale. And so that's that's the goal. Any repeat purchases are just going to be upside then. That's where we would capture profit. And, you know, we do that through email, of course, which is just, you know, profit capturing machine. Um, but that creative, you know, there's a lot of brands have different experiences. For us, it's it's been a mixture of static images and that sort of influencer UGC type type of video but edited so we tr we tried just raw you know ugc video kind of like the TikTok style it did not work for us so we need edited videos with text on screen sort of showing the problem showing the solution a mom talking on screen showing kids using the product really kind of running through you know the full experience for someone answering a lot of questions in that video um, and then remarketing bottom of funnel with static images the when you said edit the video so it had, you're taking ugc or influencer created video something someone else created but then like that is just your starting point and so you're gonna edit that and make it you know quick slick put text over it make it a little more commercial it sounds like are you doing the editing do we have an ai doing it you know outsourcing it what's the solution here yeah, really a mixture of all of the above, except AI. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, but yeah, we're, we're doing an influencer gifting campaign. So we have a large amount of just raw influencer video that we have to use. And a lot of brands can make just that raw video work. It did not work for us. So we do have to polish up that raw video a bit for it to convert. So we are putting text on screen. We are mashing up some of the videos together, making it a little more slick, as you say. And so I've done some of that. Sydney, my daughter is an amazing you know, content creator. And so she has done that as well. And we've used some third-party services like Constant Creative you know, and some other um, editing services out there to help us with that. It's quite the transition to go from a med tech firm you know, that's nine figures to starting an e-commerce brand with your family, with your teen daughter. What's that transition like for you? You know, <laughs> on one hand, it's been incredibly humbling. Uh, I was in charge of, you know, more than 500 people. I had the authority to make, you know, these massive decisions. And when we started Glimmer Wish as a family, you know, I wasn't the boss anymore. You know, everyone in the family had an equal opinion and we had to work out, you know, how, how is this, how is this all going to work together? Um, but on the other hand, of course, and I think more importantly, it's just been incredibly rewarding. Uh, I think more rewarding than starting Inogen and taking it public, you know, even though Glimmer Wish is small, um, just seeing the impact um, that it's had on my daughters, their education and entrepreneurship and business and building something together. Um, has just been really cool to experience. Yeah, exposing them to that now, even if it doesn't work out, you know, they still 
they now know this is an option and this becomes real and accessible for them. And they no longer are in a position of like, well, you know, I have to wait for permission because that's like a lot of the issue people have with starting a business is they're like, well, is it they're like a license or something I need? You know, <laughs> but when you expose them to that stuff early on and develop that curiosity, now that just becomes a natural thing for them as adults is like that is career paths to consider. Um, what do you think a few of those just off the top of your head? What do you think some of the the practical skills she's picked up are because of this? Well, it's been able to. I think connect the dots between school and just real world applications. And, you know, that's what I struggled with in college. That's why I, one of the reasons I fell into starting Inogen because I, I couldn't, you know, just be satisfied with a theory in school. I needed a real world application. So, you know, she's in math and we're, we're doing math problems in glimmer wish, right? I mean, we're looking at our cogs, we're looking at our profit margins, you know, we're calculating percent changes, you know, and looking at our paid, you know, ad performance data. And so everything to me comes down to data and metrics. And so just showing her, well, yeah, what you're learning now in school, you can use this in the real world. And here's how. And I think that's just been a light bulb for her, you know, that, uh, it's not meaningless what's happening in school. I, I'm going to use this someday when I'm running my own business. That it, oh, it's so powerful and valuable because I, I struggled at school and I skated by on reading comprehension skills. And so it's just an average student um, slacking. But the stuff that was like, oh, this is immediately applicable. This is the things that are practical. Like in high school, I would, I would get a uh, little, little spending money from installing car stereos and stuff for people. And so I took a physics class and in physics, it's like, oh, we learned, you know, all the, um, all kinds of things about basic electricity. And now suddenly it's like, well, that was immediately applicable to me. And so that today that stuff has stuck with me. You know, I often wish like when I was learning quantitative analysis in college that I had those practical applications for it that I do today because I would have been able to understand it so much better. It wouldn't have felt like a chore. You know, there's so much value in um, entrepreneurship and exposing kids to it when you can. So Glimmerwish, in such a short time, hitting that million-dollar run rate, uh, unusual and incredible. The what do you attribute it to? How do you think you achieved it? Like, what is it? Just knuckling down on the data in Facebook. It, well, I think it always starts with product market fit, right? And unique value proposition. And you know, we didn't do a lot of research there, right? Because we knew we were customers. So I think, you know, I'm a marketing guy, but I do think people tend to go overboard in research a lot of times. And a lot of times you just need to go with your gut, you know, and especially if you're the consumer, you don't need to do a lot of external validation. So we, we knew we had product market fit. And from there, once you know that and you have a compelling solution, it's just about testing the best way to cost effectively reach your target audience. Right. And so for us, Amazon actually is doing amazing right now. So we're leaning into Amazon, leaning into what's working. And at the same time, you know, continuing to optimize paid social drive, you know, the Shopify performance. And, uh, you know, we're, we're split between Amazon and, and Shopify as our channels. So 
it's really, you know, fundamental is just looking at the data, looking at metrics. It all comes back to that. Um, and, you know, getting into pricing, people don't look at data when it comes to pricing, but I'm sure we'll talk about that later. It'll, well, I will right after this question. So, uh, it can't all be roses. You know, what are some of the challenges you're currently facing with Glimmer Wish? Yeah, we're, I mean, we're still, I don't think we're out of the woods on the meta performance and, you know, profitably driving growth to our Shopify store. Um, I mean, our number one priority actually right now is lowering our cost. So we have to get our cogs down. Uh, we kind of we made some decisions to go to market, you know, quickly with higher costs. But now that we've, you know, established this is, this can be a real business, uh, we need to go back, we need to lower cogs and, you know, get that in order so that we can scale. Um, and then two, you know, we, we just need to um, continue to just set that foundation on the creative level. Like we, we have tested some things in creative, so we know what's working, but we really need to expand that to really from the offer, you know, the persona, you know, every type of, you know, click, um, bait that we can come up with and really test, you know, what is truly driving the conversion. That's, that's a never ending process, but I think we, we still have to solidify that foundation from which to build. Um, so that's, those are the top two things we're working on right now. Want to compete with billion dollar brands and win? Download OneClick Upsell today and give your small business a big advantage. Zipify OneClick Upsell is an upsell app for Shopify that can add 10 to 15% more revenue to your store overnight with AI-powered upsells and cross-sells. That's 10 to 15% more top-line revenue that you can use to buy more ads, buy more customers, and scale your business even in the most competitive marketplace. OneClick Upsell, aka Zipify OCU, was created by the founder of a $175 million Shopify store, and it's trusted by over 13,000 merchants. And with a sky-high average conversion rate of 16%, it's no wonder OneClick Upsell has made its users an extra $500 million in additional upsell revenue. It only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10-15% to 15 more revenue today, as in right now. Go to Zipify.com slash Kurt and start your 30-day free trial. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at Zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. Moving on to pricing optimization, have how are you how are you optimizing for price in Glimmerwish? Right. So there is a mathematical process you can use to find the optimal price point, right? So this is not sort of a, a gut feel, you know, exercise for pricing or just, you know, sort of randomly through trial and error um, coming up with your price. There is a mathematical formula you can use. Now you need to have data to do this. So, you know, as you're just launching a product to market, as we did with Glimmerwish, you know, you use the tools you have available. And these are research tools and just traditional pricing strategy, like competitor benchmarking or cost plus, right? You, you know, you want to be at a certain target margin, you know what your costs are, 
you know, you, you do some fine tuning based on where competitors are. There's your price. You can launch with that. But as soon as you have enough data, and it can be from Amazon or Shopify, you can do this, and you know, regardless of the channel, you have that data, you can go about doing this methodical process to calculate the optimal price point. And I did that with Inogen for years and years and doing it with Glimmerwish now as well. The, you mentioned that there's a, a mathematical way to do this. Can you explain it to me? But earlier I mentioned that I really skated by in school and of those, those subjects, math was my weakest. So you got to really dumb it down for me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, and you know, in the, in the course that I've created, it can get a little scary. There are derivatives and those things. So I don't want to scare off listeners. Um, but I, in the course, we really kind of drill it down a step by step because, and even have a, just a spreadsheet. So you don't even have to do that complicated math. You could plug in the data and does it all for you. Um, it takes the guesswork out of everything, but it really comes down to, you know, the fundamental process of what you're doing is that you're creating a demand curve that is specific to your business. So that's, you know, how the demand for your product changes as you increase or lower your price. It's that relationship that you have to find. And this is otherwise known as price elasticity. And so once you know your price elasticity for your product using this demand curve and really the fundamentals of economic theory, you can calculate the optimal price point that maximizes total margin. So, and to be clear, you know, this is not just determining which test point is the best, right? You can run a few tests, see which one gives you more margin. That's easy. This process uses those test points, um, but, but you're, not, you're not solving for the best one. You're using those to create your price elasticity, this relationship between demand and price, and um, then using that to plug in, in the calculations to find any price point along your demand curve that maximizes total profit. So what are the data points I have to put in to calculate price elasticity? Right. So you would run a series of tests and you would essentially capture a, a price and a close rate. Right. And so, you know, this is interesting, too, that I, I was surprised Shopify doesn't have a report showing close rate by product. Um, I put in that feature request, so hopefully they'll get to it. But you can get this data from GA, and there's there's other free apps out there like the simpleshop.com, you know, no relation, but they there's ways to get at close rate by product. And so you test different price points and you have these close rates. And so from there, you can draw a demand curve essentially using those points. You can graph it in Excel with a scatter plot, draw a trend line between those points. That is your demand curve. Then from there you start doing you start doing some math with equations. I, I can go through that if you like, but it, it gets a little out there. Close rate is like conversion rate, but for a, a specific product, I have like X number of people view the product. And the percent of those that buy is my close rate for that? Yes. Sorry. I say close rate because I'm old school. You know, I, we used to sell over the phone. Um, but yes, it's conversion rate. That's what I mean. Okay. 
and in Shopify, how am I going, how am I showing different, the same product at different price points? Right. So ideally, and you know, the way I did it at Inogen was, um, simultaneously running different price points. Right. And so, and I'm sure you could help set up, you know, people to show simultaneous price points, but most brands that I'm talking to, you know, now don't want to do complicated coding, you know, and put uh, that investment into running, you know, multiple tests at the same time. And so, you know, the next best alternative is just to run those sequentially. So you would run one price, you know, for a period of time, you know, two weeks maximum for a month and then run another price. And so you're capturing the price and the close rate from that first period. And then on the same product, changing the price and ideally doing this at least three times. So you have three different data points and not just two. The, will it, all right. So if I have one product and I'm going to price it like low, medium, high, and then I get my, I, I've got my conversion rate numbers for that. That's all I need to be able to put this into a, a scatter plot showing price elasticity. Yes. From that, you can calculate your price elasticity. It's just the, the change in demand divided by the change in price. And you can scatter plot those points, right? So you have price on the y-axis, close rate on the x-axis. This is in economic theory, this is traditionally the quantity of demand, right? But we're substituting close rate for quantity of demand, right? For e-commerce sellers or conversion rate, I keep saying close rate. And um, then you that line that you graph, right, should be a decreasing line to the right, you know, as you lower price, close rate increases. And so if you have a fairly elastic product, which most products are, you're going to see that relationship take place. And so it's it's really sort of the slope of that line and that relationship, which is key, which then goes into your calculations. But that's specific to your product, your business, and that is your demand curve and how customers view your product and your pricing. And so once I've got my this uh, price elasticity demand curve, and you can it's like if it it's more upright, that's inelastic demand, and then if it like starts to get a little flatter, that's elastic demand. But when I'm looking at it, how do I know what the correct point is where like this is the ideal price where i'm maximizing the relationship between price and purchases because as it goes up i'll get fewer people to buy of course so i want like there's an ideal revenue generated if i get the pricing right right and you can solve to maximize revenue or to maximize total profit right and those are different price points and so you know some, you, if you're valued on revenue or if you're a SaaS based business valued on revenue, there's reasons why you may want to maximize revenue versus profit. But if you're, you know, you know a typical e-commerce store, you probably want to price to maximize profit, but they are different price points. So from there, and you can edit this out if this is too complicated, but I will run through the process here. Um, you have your demand curve. Right. And so then you simply click on that demand curve in Excel, you know, show show trend line. You, and then that is the equation of the align, you know, the old MX plus B line. 
Um, well, for now, we'll assume that's just a straight lin linear line and it doesn't have a curve to it. Um, so that is your price equation. So from there, we, we take revenue. Revenue is quantity times price, right? So instead of quantity, we're using close rate. And so we insert our price equation into the revenue equation. So now we have close rate times our price equation. Remember, that's the trend line equation. So now that essentially turns it into a quadratic equation because we're multiplying close rate through. And so we have a, a squared component to it. And just hang with me here. So that's our revenue equation. And then we need to find marginal revenue. Well, the derivative of the revenue equation is marginal revenue. And so we take the derivative of that, of that revenue equation, and this is what the spreadsheet will do for you. And then what economic theory tells us is that profit is maximized when marginal cost equals marginal revenue. That's you know just straight from the textbook. So we take that as truth. And so we use our marginal cost. That's our cost to create one more unit. So it's our cost of goods. We include some variable cost in our marginal cost. So things like credit card processing fees, you know, um, some fulfillment fees to get that product to the customer, shipping fees. Um, but we don't include overhead costs. We don't include advertising costs because all of that changes based on how many, how many sales that we have. And then we set that marginal cost equal to marginal revenue. And then we solve for the close rate. Once we have that close, which is basically X in this, in this equation, that is now our optimal close rate. We take that back to our demand curve trend line and we plug it into that equation and that will be our optimal price point to maximize profit. And so you've got a spreadsheet that turns all of this into an algorithm? Yep, I have a spreadsheet. I have a step-by-step -step guide. I also just give a lot more background and detail of kind of why we're doing what we're doing to get to that optimal price. It's what are the inputs in that spreadsheet? Just the, the price and conversion rate for each? And your marginal cost. Yep, everything okay. else is a calculation. And then that spits back, this is ideal price? Yes. Or ideal price range? It is the, the exact price which will maximize the total profit for your business. Now you can fine tune that once you, cause it'll, it's just mathematics at, at that point, you can fine tune that based on, you know, consumer psychology, where your competitors are, you know, and that sort of thing. But it's just a mathematical equation to get to the right price point. There is a correct price to price your product at it. It's not a guess. It's time to take the conversion challenge. Look, if tracking issues, cookie restrictions, or abandoned carts are holding back the full potential of your store, Elevar is here with a solution. With their server-side tracking and session enrichment tech, Elevar ensures every customer interaction is gonna be tracked and attributed correctly. That eliminates data gaps and tracking inconsistencies for you. 
and the result is a potential 200% increase in emails sent and almost double the revenue. To sweeten the deal, Elevar offers plans starting at $0 a month. And to make sure you could truly test that Elevar difference, a 15-day free trial is included with every plan. The Elevar Conversion Challenge invites Shopify merchants like you, yes you, to take control of your data, boost your conversion tracking, and witness the remarkable growth in your revenue. Visit getelevar.com to learn more about how Elevar can make a significant difference in your conversion tracking. Don't let another potential customer slip through the cracks. Start your journey to better conversion tracking with Elevar today. Go to getelevar.com to get started. E-L-E-V-A-R, Elevar. All right, and so I assume you have applied this process in Glimmerwish. I have, yes. What was the price you were at before you did this, and what was the price you arrived at? Yeah, we were actually priced lower. So our price point was $18, and it showed the optimal price point was $22. So it's, you know, that's a fairly sizable jump that, you know, if I were just sort of testing out prices, I probably, I might've tested $19 if I were just doing this arbitrarily, right? Kind of staying below that $20 price point, but solving for the optimal price led us all the way to 22. And of course, when you then implement this price, you need to see, am I getting that solved for close rate? And yes, we were getting that ideal close rate that was shown in the calculation. So we knew we had confidence that this was the true price, but then it's never done, right? I think one of the most common mistakes people make is that once they set their price, they never look at it again, right? This, this process of price optimization never stops. You need to be optimizing, you know, at least twice a year because everything is changing competitors, the economy, everything has changed. Even your costs may be changing, which would influence the optimal price point. It's actually, it went from 18 to 22. It's a 22% increase. I assume that ends up being like straight profit. Like if you were profitable at 18 and you're doing the exact same thing selling at 22, that's just a bonus 20% profit that got tacked on there. Exactly. That just, that just falls straight to the bottom line. And so that's why I think pricing is the most powerful thing that brands can do. I mean, everyone's worried about, you know, paid advertising performance or finding, you know, the latest hack and everything. Pricing is so valuable and so important and can be so impactful to the bottom line. And it's all in your control, right? You, you can run this test and see if you're at the optimal point already or if you need to make a change. The, if I, all right, so I have not known anyone to take this approach and say, hey, let's figure out price elasticity. Let's work out a demand curve here, even though that is intro freshman level economics. Um, the, what are the alternatives that people are going with? Shooting from the hip, going with their gut, this answer, or like this price feels truthy. It, what's the What are they doing instead? <laughs> yeah, they, I think, you know, to be, to be fair, I, I do think they're putting a lot of effort into it. They're, they're doing research, um, but it all sort of boils down to a few of the same methodologies. You know, it's competitor benchmarking, it's cost plus, 
right? They, they see on Shark Tank, okay, I need a 70% gross margin. So this is where my costs are. This is where my, my, pro, my price needs to be. Um, they may be doing value-based, right? Trying to determine what value is extracted, you know, by the customer and pricing there. Um, but ultimately, I mean, these are all flawed strategies because they have nothing to do with what actually matters. And that is the actual price customers are willing to pay for your product, right? This is the willingness to pay principle. So only price elasticity optimization uses this real world buying decision, actual purchases to, to get to a mathematical process to calculate optimal price. I think what's interesting is probably every person listening, if you said, hey, do you prefer data-driven decisions, data-backed <laughs> decisions? Everybody's going to say yes, of course. Like, no, I just like to roll a die and guess. Um, <laughs> the, but when given the opportunity where you say, hey, here's how to do it, this is what it'll take, I think that's where you discover the people who are going to put in the effort. And then even then, you're going to find people who don't, who get an answer that's from the data that's different than what they expected. And so they're going to go, well, this might be right for Glimmerwish and Byron, but it, you know, it's just not right for our brand. And then they have talked themselves out of it and they're just like, I'm going to go with my gut. And I guess, I suppose you can't help those people, you know, they want to do it their way and that's fine. I think that, um, there's, you know, of course, you know, everyone is is looking at data in their business, but, you know, it's it's typically geared towards, you know, traditional, you know, paid social performance or they're doing, you know, conversion rate optimization, you know, data analysis, A-B testing, you know, so they they look at data in those areas, but for price, they say, oh, well, you know, this feels right, so I'm just going to do this. Right? They're not applying that data mentality to pricing. And to be fair, I mean, I don't think anyone knows that you can calculate the optimal price point, right? So this has kind of become my passion project because I know about this process and I just don't feel that brands know that this is an option out there that you can take a data centric approach to pricing like you do in other areas of your, of your business. And it is possible to do split testing with pricing, but this is a little, this is a similar, but I think different and better approach. At least, you know, if my college economics background is to be believed, um, what do you think, what's the big misconception about price optimization? Um, I think that it's, it's just guesswork, you know, it's, it's just gut and gut feel type of approach. That's the misconception or that, you know, you have to get to the right price through trial and error, right? That, that it is just sort of an AB test. And you do hear a lot of people just saying, you know, just giving advice of, oh, you know, just raise your price, you know, see what happens. And that is better than not, you know looking at your pricing at all. But I just, I think the biggest misconception is that people don't know that you can take a data centric approach that you can solve for the optimal price. I think if people knew that this process was out there, they would embrace it because most brand owners, you know, do want to use data, as you said. 
I can tell from the language and the approach, you have a course to sell, don't you, Byron? <laughs> I do. Uh, I created a, a course to, to go over this process. Um, like I said, really just out of, um, well, my love for data, because I do love this stuff, but I do like helping people through this process too. And I don't, I feel like people don't know about pricing optimization. So I did create a course. It's called profitprofessor.io. And oh, I like the name. <laughs> Thanks. And it just walks through step-by-step step this entire process with uh, spreadsheets, like we mentioned, where you can just plug in the data or you don't have to do those derivative calculations. And all right, you got to put your money where your mouth is. If you come out here, get us all excited, hot and bothered about price optimization and this approach, because I want this spreadsheet real bad. Give us a discount. These listeners... At this point, they listen to 40 minutes of this. All right, maybe one and a half X, they speed 25 minutes. What are we giving them in exchange for their time here? Absolutely. For your listeners, Kurt, I'd be happy to do 50% discount on the course. There you go. Just use the discount code Kurt, K-U-R-T, 50% discount. Oh, I like it. Thank you. That's good. Mm. <laughs> Kurt, it starts four letters, starts with a consonant, ends with a consonant. It's practically a swear word. I like it. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. And finally, and that's, uh, what's the website again? One more, I think it's, I forgot. What's one more time? Profitprofessor.io. Profitprofessor.io. Got it. Okay. And all right. Final question. This is what we're going out on. Take your time if you have to think about it. What's one piece of advice you would give our listeners about building a successful business because you've done it now. Yeah, I think, you know, for e-commerce success as a whole, there's no magic formula, right? So you have to be rooted in the data. You need to be doing experiments, monitoring metrics, you know, peel back the onion to determine what's truly working, what's not. But fortunately, when it comes to price, there is a magic formula. <laughs> so, you know, I think while brands may be looking at data in regard to paid ad performance or conversion rate optimization, please expand this data centric mindset to other areas of your business like price, because you can use it there too. And it's probably the easiest thing you can do to drop profit dollars to the bottom line. And also, I'd be happy to connect with anybody. I love connecting with brands. You can ask me any questions about this as well. You can email me at hello at profit, profitprofessor.io. Oh, I will include that as well. Very kind of you. Uh, Byron, it, if I need some quality mermaid shampoo, where do I get that? Absolutely. Mermaid or unicorn, head over to glimmerwish.com. Absolutely. Wonderful. Uh, Byron Myers, thank you so much. Thank you, Kurt. The unofficial Shopify podcast is brought to you by Loop. Loop is a returns management platform that makes returns profitable and stress-free for you and your shoppers. Loop offers automated returns, exchanges, and store credit options to lower costs and increase revenue. You want to offer at-home pickup or boxless drop-offs? Need to lower return costs or increase repeat purchases? How about all of the above? That's what's possible with Loop. Loop delivers customized returns management solutions for Shopify merchants of all sizes, like Studs, Princess Polly, Epoxy, 
to turn returns into returning customers. Find out why thousands of Shopify merchants choose Loop to manage their returns at loopreturns.com. That's loopreturns.com.